Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Once again, it's on. WTF, we talk facts. East Rick Cluster Johnson, a.k.a. Sebo, in the building. But he's not in the building. He is uh, on stream, on business, handling things on the road. But yet, he has still showed up. Sebo, what's going on, my boy? It's another Tuesday, episode six, and we on and popping. What's happening? Listen, just happy to be here. Um, like you said, handling business that comes first. But um, like I like I always say, I want to thank everybody for coming in, listening to us week to week. We're growing, e. We're growing. I'm hearing the demand. I'm hearing that people like what we're talking about. So we just gonna give it to them raw and uncut. We're gonna give them more. That part, that part. And and that's the beautiful thing about it, Sibo. I, I truly believe, man, is the fact that, you know, we get to come together and do what we do on a regular basis. We sit at home sometimes and we'll just catch up. We'll go to a cigar lounge or we'll sit on a patio and just chop it up and talk facts about life, about living, about politics, about sports and what's going on in the area of sports. But now we get to do it right here on our own platform. WTF 93.7 The Ticket has provided a place for where we can come and talk facts. And we're going to get into some facts today. Sebo, I love um, uh, you. You had texted me and you said you're going to be making a trip. And the trip is not going to necessarily be one that is, uh, shall I say, uh, a business trip. But there's going to be some business happening where you're going. It looks as though as we approach the weekend, there's there's something big happening out there. Uh, it, it seems that this sometimes is a dead zone of sports, you know, where baseball is going on. A lot of people don't really get excited, too excited about baseball. And, and, and there are some exciting stories in baseball right now, being that a lot of the winner, the, the, the ones, the chosen ones, the ones that are usually uh, handling business, the Yankees and, and, and those types of teams, Boston, it's like it's been turned upside down. Those who are paying the big bucks aren't the ones that is in, uh, is in it right now for the big stakes. And that's an interesting topic. But there's something that's been brewing. There's something that's been building for five years now that's about to jump off this weekend. It's going down in Las Vegas at T-Mobile Arena this Saturday. And you are going to be in the building. Uh, tell us how you felt about just, just taking a – a stab and going out there. I thought about going, but I'm like, you know, I I, I want to have a glass of wine, put my feet up and just enjoy uh, what's about to go down. Being a Dallas person, you know, friend of mine lived close to Errol Spence, uh, you know, familiar with his style. He's a Southpaw like streaky, but at the same time, B Crawford man from the old man. I, you know, I'm rolling with B. Crawford all the way in. But tell us kind of your thoughts about it. What made you take the step and the step the step out there to Vegas to see what's happening? So actually, initially, I'm you know, I'm not sure I've I've updated you on the news. You so haven't. initially I had a proposal to go. Okay. But I decided I wanted to watch it in the comfortable confines of Casa de Johnson. Okay. Oh. And okay. I want to okay. formally, I want to formally invite you to come on to Casa de Johnson 
or mi casa, su casa, for all you people yes, out there who absolutely. can speak Espanol. Come on over. I want to sit and analyze and watch the fight in the comfortable confines of my home with some a, a sweatsuit on, you know, some cocktails that don't cost 50 bucks per glass, you know, <laughs> right. something that's going to put me in the right frame of mind so I cannot be all, you know, this thing right here is giving me that anxious feeling like, right, you know, you know how it was when you're in the NBA and you was about to go out in the game, y'all are in the tunnel, you know, you guys were in the tunnel, oh, about to get a height before you ran out on the court. You know, there's not very many sporting events that get me that way, with the exception of watching my children. Of course, watching my children can do that for me. But I'm going to tell you, I'm a huge boxing fan. And mm-hmm. this is one of those matches that very comparative to, say, you know, Leonard Hearns. Um, you know, it's that type of Pacquiao, Pacquiao and uh, you know, Pacquiao uh, Mayweather, Pacquiao and, uh, Mayweather. Mayweather. Yeah. Yes. It's I on mean, that level. And, and and what what makes it even that much more significant is that you have a guy who was born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska, you know where we live, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's gonna add it. That's gonna add a little bit more ice into this. I mean. You know, I, I've been really wanting to see this fight with Errol Spence for, I, I think initially they started negotiating this thing well over a year ago. Mm-hmm. And well, shoot, it's been building up for five, but yeah. It's been building, building for a long time because obviously Terrence was undisputed and 140, knocked everybody off. He was a champion at 135. So obviously mm-hmm. here in Nebraska, we know what his career has been like. But I'm going to tell you, I am going for Terrence. Don't get me wrong. Listen, I want Terrence to win. Now, let me make this very clear to all the Husker Husker fans and the Omaha lovers out there. I Jesus. want Terrence to win. But mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to be his first challenge that we really are going into the fight saying we don't know. Like you have a real opportunity to lose this fight because this is a 147 pounder who's really like walking around at 165, 170. Imagine cutting all the way down 30 pounds. And he's been there all his career. Been there all all his career. Yeah, at the same rate. Been there his whole career, and he's actually waited on Terrence. He wanted to fight Terrence before he went up to 154. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into this. I mean, there is legacy. You know, both of these guys, you got a 28-0, and 0, you got a 39-0, and 0, so somebody's going to lose their O. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for a legacy? Because until Floyd Mayweather, it really didn't matter if you lost in a boxing match. You can still have credibility. You can still, uh, you know, people didn't disrespect you for losing a match. But it seems like today, just because you lose a match, uh, that's what's prevented guys from taking tougher fights. And this year has kind of been more of a breakout. You start to see some guys who are saying, you know what, I need to challenge myself. And if I really want 
a legacy that people are going to remember. I need to be in some fights that are going to test me. I'm going to be in some fights that people are going to look back and say, you know what? He did the damn thing, you know? Yeah. And Floyd was able to do it. You know, he was able to do it. But if you look at Floyd's career, don't get me wrong. Floyd fought some great fights. But he Whitaker gave him gave him that work. I'm sorry. I was yeah, just saying Pernell Whitaker gave him that work. <laughs> like, like that's one of the ones where I think, mm, I don't know. I think they were trying to, you know, keep keep Floyd the moneymaker and you know in business because per- Pernell gave him that he work. He had a couple of fights that that could have, you know, that could have definitely have been scored a different way. And that's the thing about boxing. It is very subjective. You got three judges, and it's very interesting looking at the cards after the match is over. You always look at, you know, one guy's going 117, 111. One guy's going 114, 114. And it's just like, what are y'all Where did watching? You get that from? Right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's another thing that's going to be interesting. But the thing about this fight, E, is these guys have a rematch clause. So if one win and then the other one exercise the rematch, you can have a you can end up having a trilogy. And right. I'm telling you, if these guys have a trilogy, it's a good chance that their careers are gonna be over. Because I mean Terrence is already 36, right? He's gonna be thir- I think he's gonna be 36 this year if he hasn't already turned 36. And Arrow is like 33, 34. So I mean, are you gonna box it to your 40s? Or Terrence is 35. You know what and, I'm saying? And Arrow's 33. He's 35. Yeah. Okay. 35, 33. So, yeah. But just think, if they do a rematch, they're gonna be a year older, probably. Mm-hmm. And probably if they go one and out. right, and if yeah. they go one and one, it's a good chance you could have a third one. Another year, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So you're looking at three years. And from if now, that happens, and how much are these fights going to take out of you, E? So, right. for instance, who you were as a basketball player, you know. When did you uh, let me ask you this? Even in basketball, we we're gonna we're gonna transition a little bit. Even in basketball, when did you see or when did you feel like you know what this is really kind of affecting my body? And even in basketball, tell me about your time in basketball from the beginning to the end of your career when you can really kind of tell, you know what, I'm starting to feel some effects. I I would say about 31, 32-ish is when I started feeling the aches because, because when I was young, I used to get up going to gym. Sometimes I didn't stretch. I go straight in the gym and start bouncy, getting bouncy, just dunking, you know, I, you know, just walk in the gym, you know, you can do that. You can walk in the gym, just kind of get going and didn't have to do all that. But shoot, the later I got, I, I just wait a minute. Let me, let me get loose a minute. Let me put some right. heat on them knees. You know, you, so right. yeah, around that time. Mm-hmm. So let me let, so let me add to that, right? So you said about thirty one, you started to feel it on your knees and and some probably aches in your shoulders and stuff like that. And a basketball really wasn't and isn't intended to be a physical sport, but it can be, right? It can be very physical. Now imagine boxing, right? When they're punching you in the head, punching you in the shoulders, punching you in the chest, punching you in the ribs. Like the recovery it's time going to take down. a toll. Mm-hmm. The recovery time slows down, and yeah. I really feel like the t- deterioration 
all of a sudden, like I used to see guys like Roy Jones Jr. who would just dominate, use all the athleticism. Then all of a sudden they just fell off a cliff. And we haven't seen that with Terrence. I think Terrence have, have done a good job of, of containing his weight. You haven't seen him walk around like all mm -hmm. out of shape. Every time I've seen him, he's always pretty much been within distance of if he had to cut weight, it wasn't very much. Right. Right. But mm -hmm. this right here, I'm going to tell you what's going on. I'm going to tell y'all this is a test of wheels. Right. Because when you hear that term dog E. So compare yourself to. I also want you to think about everybody, basketball, football, soccer. There's a guy that when you played him, you go, he ain't going to give up. He's not going to give up. He ain't going to back down. He got that same kind of fiber that I got. So it's going to mm -hmm. be my mind. It's going to be, it's going to test my will. It's going to test my, 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 my iron, my armor. Sort of like what people said about Michael and Kobe, right? When Kobe played against Mike, Mike knew for the first time in history, this was a kid that has the same sort of heart and DNA and drive that he has, right? And I got to let everybody know that I haven't really kept up with Terrence, who are just kind of fringe boxing fans who just kind of watch him because he's from Omaha. This is a guy that he's going to fight that has the same sort of DNA that he has. Like, you know, obviously there's variances of who they are. Styles, but this style is different. Guy, right. This is a pressure fighter. Okay. A pressure fighter is he's going to throw a lot of, he's going to throw a lot of punches in a round. He's got a good defense and he's going to put a lot of pressure on Terrence where, a lot of times, Terrence tend to wait two or three, right? Maybe four That's rounds what I was to figure say. out. Yeah, to figure Can't out do what that. you want to do. Where not this match, no, not this one, not this mm -hmm. match because Arrow doesn't, he comes out right away and pressures you. And yeah, his nickname is the truth. And he says it's trap season, okay? So what strap season means is when he, at 47, you know, as he came into 47, became a pro, he's taking everybody's belt. He's taking everybody's belt, right? And this match is going to be the first time that one guy is going to have all four belts. In the four belt in, era. In the four belt, mm -hmm. you know, era. So... Yeah. I can go on and on. Well, so that's uh, what I was, what, what I was going to add before I keep well, going. Well, there was five things that I had and you, you tapped into one of them, what the stakes okay. were. The stakes are very high. And that's, that was one of the things, the stakes of this is, is that now the, the, the unification part of it, because I also forgot about De La Hoya and um, um, uh, the Puerto Rican, uh, gosh, darn it. I had his name. talking about, but I, uh, uh, um, Felix Trinidad. So, so okay. those those were high value. So you had Pacquiao, you had Mayweather, Phoenix Trinidad, Trinidad, and De La Hoya. Those two never rematched. So you had super, you know, matches outside of the heavyweight division. There's it's rare that you find these super matches, and these are one of those ones. And you spoke about Hearns and Leonard. Hearns and Leonard 
were the only ones that actually had those, you know, the ability to get back at each other. And it was like three, yeah. three, four years later. Right. So right. that was one of the things that I was going to talk about. Then you talk about the comparisons. You talked about that, the pressure. The pressure that Spence puts on, he is an orthodox southpaw, where on the other hand, you have a non-traditional, he'll switch stances, he'll give you, he'll give you southpaw, he'll give you tradi- uh, uh, orthodox. And yeah, orthodox, you have southpaw, yeah. Yeah, so he'll, he'll give you yeah. a little bit of both, and Spence has power, he likes to break you down, go into the body, so this is the comparisons that you have about these two, and then, and we talked about, you talked about the fact that uh, Bud likes to kind of, you know, measure you out, you know, test your test your wheels. They both seem and to I have great add chance. To Bud. I do want to add to Bud. I do want to add to Bud. Yeah. But keep going. Keep going. You got anything else? I want to add so, to Bud. So that part they've been tested. And then um, so that talks about their contrasts of styles. Those were areas I was going to tap in. And and this particular fight would not have happened. Um, had a couple of things had not happened in, in, in the fact that um, they happened to meet at, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, the fight wouldn't have happened. I think they ended up seeing each other at an NBA game and there was a, a Los Angeles waiter that convinced the CBS court because um, uh, Bud didn't want to fight with PBA. He was a top ranked guy. And so he ended up taking a one-off with BLK Prime. And this is kind of how it culminated. The fact that he did sign with, I'm sorry, with PBC. He did sign with PBC, which enabled this to kind of come together the way that it did. So so it, it's so many dynamics in it that built this thing up to become what it is. Uh, and I think the the that it's not one of those situations where they had to go out and kind of bash each other, talk bad about each other. They have extreme respect for each other. And I don't think that that's going to kill the vibe when they step in the ring against each other. They have, they have great respect. Cause sometimes when you have respect, like with Mayweather and Pacquiao, they didn't want to take a chance in that fight. I don't think we're going to see that in this fight. I think they're going to, they're going to go out after each other. A lot of good points. Um, So I, I would say, I don't think Bud technically signed to the PBC, but obviously he isn't under top rank anymore, which allows him to be a little bit more, actually a lot more flexible. Uh, Like he says, he's his own boss. So he can sign a contract as an individual saying, listen, I'm going, I can cross the street now. I can, I can sign the showtime, but I think what Mm -hmm. really kind of held this fight up, let me tell you what held this fight up. Yeah. Spence says, I'm the A side, right? I'm the A side. So what the A side means is, listen, I want 70% of all proceeds, right? The gate, Mm -hmm. pay-per-view, you know, Mm -hmm. popcorn, Mm -hmm. (laughs) drinks, whatever. I want want parking lot, you know, I, I want all the money. And I think Bud said, you know what, listen, you need me as a dance partner. So he really exercised his leverage, which was a smart move. Tell you, it's mm-hmm. a smart move by Bud. He goes, you know what? I know you want this fight. I want this fight also, but I'm not going to allow you to take all the money. I'm not going to let you take 70% of potentially a $100 million fight, right? Right. You're right, not going to walk right. away with $70 million, you know? Right, right. So 
what Bud's what Bud did is he said, "Listen, I don't need you. My legacy is solidified. I've already been, you know, I'm already listed pound for pound, three, three time champion. Fight. Yeah, three right? time I'm champion. Already, I'm already a champion at other divisions. Unified. Listen, mm-hmm. you need to come up off of, you know." This this whole I, I and and don't get me I don't know what the exact split is, but no. I guarantee you it was somewhere in the area of an, the initial offer was probably 70, 30 or 60, 40 or somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. And Bud was like, listen, no, this is about to be 50-50. If this mm-hmm. is not 50-50, I'm not taking this fight. I don't need you. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll just go to 154 and fight Charlo, your stable mate. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. what the threat was. The threat was that. So, so Arrow really had to come up. Arrow had to humble himself and be like, you know what? All right, you know what? I want that belt. I want to be the unified champion. So, I'm gonna give up. So Arrow said, I had to give up money because mm-hmm. typically, you know, when you look at Arrow Spence fights, he's been able to bring in more people pay per view, and his gates yeah. have been bigger. So therefore, yeah. you know, his pay-per-views have averaged over 300 million or so, which is which is a lot. You know, that's a lot mm-hmm. of money at, you know, $80 a pay-per-view. That's that's a lot. Um yeah. I think Bud's highest pay-per-view has been maybe like 150, 125. And um so, you know, Arrow had an argument there. He had an argument there, yeah. but Bud knew in order for you to get this fight, you're going to have to come up off the money. Um and then it's a it's a legacy fight. So let me mm-hmm. add to Bud. Another thing about Bud, we got we got we got a couple more minutes, or or, or we have okay. to do it when we come back from a break. Are you is it going to okay. be a okay. is it one? No, this is going to be quick. It's going to be quick. Okay. So I talked about Arrow as a pressure fighter. Bud is the type of fighter who is very cerebral. He has a lot of natural instincts. I really feel like he can figure you out. Mm-hmm. One false move. He can give you one of those. Yeah, that, that can right, put exactly. you on the put you on the canvas. So exactly. that's what makes this fight so intriguing. You got a pressure fighter who's coming to you with a guy who can give you a clock clock and just put you out. Right. So right. right, a lot of people want to see what's going to happen. That's it. That's it. Great breakdown on the Errol Spence and Bud Crawford fight. Uh, dang, I thought you was going to be in the building, but that's all good. You're going to be somewhere watching this fight go down. And it's going to be at Casa de Debo. Uh, we'll be right back for another segment in We Talk Facts. We're going to talk a little bit about the Mbappe that he just hit. We'll be right back on We Talk Facts right after this.